0: Julia is the new documentary that traces the life and impact of Julia Child. In this podcast, we'll talk with the directors Betsy West and Julie Cohen about creating the film and how Julia Child overcame many hurdles and changed how Americans view food. Directors Julie Cohen and Betsy West.
1: You know, we really love telling the stories of groundbreaking and glass ceiling shattering women. Julia's story certainly has that. But another thing that we loved about telling Julia Child's story is there's just so much joy and exuberance and fun and deliciousness in everything that happened to Julia and in her world that we just thought it would be really fun subject matter to dive into for a couple of years, which you need to do when you're making a documentary.
2: Both Julie and I were very aware of Julia Child, both, you know, when she was on television in the 1960s and blowing everybody's mind with this exotic French food and the just Delightful way she presented it. And then as the years went on, the you know, amazing Julia Child impersonation that Dan Aykroyd did that was so funny and that you know Julia herself loved, but was kind of a caricature. So I think that when we dove into this subject, we learned so much more about Julia than we ever knew. I mean, for example, you know, I never knew that. Julia was basically a middle-aged woman when she discovered food, her passion for food, spent 12 years writing the definitive French cookbook, and then went on television in her early 50s. I had no idea that her success came in middle age, and that was a pretty extraordinary story. And then to learn how she persevered on television for so many decades and had such an influence on the cooking world in general. When we talk to the chefs in the documentary, their understanding, their reverence for Julia is really tangible. She helped just open up the doors for Americans appreciating well-prepared food.
0: Julia Child began her television show, The French Chef, in 1963. A change in attitude about food didn't happen overnight but Julia took the time to teach viewers about a lot of new ingredients and ideas.
1: In pre-Julia Child America, what people got away with serving at a dinner party is pretty, like, alarming by today's standards. I mean, first of all, there was the whole subcategory of Jell-O molds and just, like, everything you could stick inside Jello, whether it was, like, pineapples or carrots or little olives with pimentos or marshmallows and like as long as it's suspended in brightly colored jello like somehow that's passing for i don't know either a salad or a dessert i think you know there was a whole category of main courses where you just took any Campbell soup you could find, and then poured that on meat, and like that kind of counts as sauce. Then there's the whole spam section where people just put all kind com- We have some clips in the film of someone pouring something that's like dark green on top of spam. I honestly could never figure out like what the heck it is, but it looks pretty gross. And like this isn't food that was being eaten by people in extreme circumstances of hunger. This was something that someone was putting on a platter and bringing out for a dinner party. Like, what were we all thinking?
2: Julie and I experienced this food in our childhoods, you know, the TV dinners and the processed food, canned food. You have to also remember that the American grocery store was a kind of desolate place. When you went to the vegetable counter, it was pretty skimpy. If you wanted to make a salad, your choice was iceberg lettuce. I mean, that was it. I think for my entire childhood, that was the only kind of lettuce that I ever ate because all romaine, arugula, all the things that we take for granted, they just weren't there. And one of the things that Julia did, in addition to teaching people how to cook French food, she just piqued their curiosity about all these so-called exotic foods. Like, you know, she's holding up an artichoke. This is an artichoke. Have you ever seen it before? And then, you know, in the following weeks, people would be going to the grocery store and saying, could you please get some of those artichokes? Or could you please get Some mushrooms that aren't just like in a can. Could you get actual mushrooms that we could take that are fresh and saute those? I mean, it really was such a transformation of the entire food universe in America after Julia Child got through, you know, teaching people.
1: And Julia's not only showing her audiences these foods, she's giving a message again and again, very explicitly. Do not be afraid of this new vegetable. Like, here's an artichoke. Uh, We know it looks weird. I'm telling you, it's delicious. Don't be scared. Don't shirk away. Don't hide under your bed. You can prepare this and cook it for your family. And it's going to, you know, not to hyperbolize, but it's going to change your life.
0: Part of Julia Child's appeal is that she made mistakes and encouraged viewers to dive into cooking without fear of making their own.
2: Audiences were really drawn to that aspect of Julia. You have to remember back in the 60s, she was often doing these shows with single takes. I mean, she didn't have a chance to go back and redo it or they couldn't edit around it. So Julia just had to ad lib no matter what happened. So if she, you know, flipped the potatoes onto the stove, if the cake kind of collapsed when it came out of the oven. No matter if she started coughing, no matter what it was, she had to deal with it and you know come up with a solution. People loved how genuine she was. And, and Julia herself said that even though she wasn't manufacturing these mistakes, I mean, they were just mistakes that happened, she said, you know, I saw it as an opportunity. It was an opportunity to teach people what to do when something goes wrong in the kitchen, as we all know it is going to do, so don't panic. Here's what you do.
0: In our time, we're used to food being held up for its importance in our lives. Not so much when Julia Child burst onto the scene.
2: Back in
1: Julia's day, there was really no such thing as a foodie in America. I think the French were probably all foodies, but they didn't call themselves that. And in America, it was kind of look down on to be overly focused on what one was eating. Julia burst into the scene and really changed that whole conception and made the existence of foodies, you know, people that love and elevate and sometimes are maybe a little obsessed with food, like made that okay and even more than okay, made that a good thing. Julia, in many ways, was responsible. If you draw the line, you can see that Julia was at the root of today's movement of Instagram food obsession, where people are just so wrapped up in what they're eating to the extent that they're like taking pictures of it for uh, minutes or more before they dig in. We should say that we were told by all of Julia's friends pretty universally that she would have opposed that particular notion. Julia had a rule about food that when your food is served, you eat it. That means you don't wait for your companions to be served. You dig in while it's hot, and you certainly wouldn't pause to like start taking pictures of food. The idea of food is to be like bitten into and enjoyed. So there's sort of, we think, some irony there to Julia being maybe responsible for the Instagram food snap situation, but it's actually something that most likely she would have disapproved of.
2: The other thing is that... Julia was not a food snob, despite the fact that she was able to create the most complicated classic French dishes. She also loved a good hamburger. (laughs) And, you know, people would be a little intimidated to invite Julia Child over for dinner. And her attitude was, look, just get me a really good steak and some potatoes and I'm really happy. So she was not snobby about her food and she also wasn't a perfectionist about it. Her other great rule in life which I really love is that you know when something goes wrong you've tried really hard your your best to make this food and maybe it doesn't look as good as it should or it doesn't look like the pictures or maybe you forgot some ingredient and it's not exactly right when you serve it you do not apologize never apologize about the food that you have created with your heart and your soul and your hard work for your family, just just put it out there. You know, I think that's a, a good lesson.
0: one ingredient played a central role in Julia Child's French cooking. Butter. Lots and lots of butter.
1: As far as we know, Julia had no financial interest in butter, which is too bad for her, perhaps, because the amount of butter that she put in dishes was quite stunning. And it was a fun thing of making the film, was seeing all of the instances of you know archival footage that has butter in it, an episode that Julia's doing on the Phil Donahue show where there's just this bowl full of cubes of butter. And then Betsy and I had the amazing opportunity to see some of the dishes that really impacted Julia's life most being cooked like in their natural habitat. We were at La Caron, which is the oldest restaurant in France, where Julia got her first taste of sole and the current chef there prepared the dish for our cameras, and we were pretty fascinated to see that the last part of the dish is just melting a huge chunk of butter on a little skillet, and just like pouring it on the fish like a bath i mean it, like you think there's something complex it's just like they've coated the fish in flour they've fried the fish itself there's a little lemon on it and then the final step is just this like cascade this waterfall of butter floating over the fish and i will say as you're watching it you're like oh my god i am so
2: hungry
0: Directors Betsy West and Julie Cohen found cinematographers who could bring the food to life on the screen.
2: We were very excited to have the opportunity to take advantage of the kind of food cinematography that's available now. I mean, if you take a look at the archive of Julia cooking on television, she's completely engaging, but the food itself is kind of icky looking. It's, it's kind of Brown, it's gray, and you know, it's not as appetizing as we know it could be. So, one of the first things we talked about when we were going to do this documentary was making food a character and really leaning into photographing it in the most appealing way. We came across a cinematographer in Paris, Nanda Bredelard, and we saw a sample of some of his work. And like, you're seeing this incredibly beautiful, weird looking thing and he pulls out, you're just like, what is that, a mountain? What exactly is it? And he pulls out and it's a mushroom. And we had Nanda in France and our cinematographer, in New York, both of them filming these classic Julia Child recipes in their full glory. You know, that was a lot of fun to do. And we're really happy that Julia, the film, is going to premiere on big screens because we think that people will enjoy seeing this food. They may, of course, be very hungry at the end of the movie. So we suggest that people have a dinner reservation, or they eat something beforehand, or maybe they've got the food ready to cook when they get home. But yeah, that's our goal is to make you really, really hungry.
1: Yeah, the recipes that you see prepared in our film are actual authentic Julia Child recipes prepared as she prepared them. And, you know, it's funny, because the term food porn gets thrown around a lot. And it is something that we thought about going into the making of this. And like, we're not shying away from this from, from this term. Like, th- this is absolutely, there is some lusciously shot food porn in the film. And that actually is integrated with the themes. I mean, you know, in Julia's life and in Julia Child and Paul Child's marriage, delicious food and sensuality were very much intermingled. And the fact that a healthy love life and a healthy and appetizing like meal cooking and eating life are part of the same whole in, in the mind of this incredible couple. And we really wanted that to shine through in the film and really give people a sense of the sensuality of a beautiful, um, in, in the case of the film, a beautiful pear almond tart.
0: enthusiasm and skill continue to be an inspiration to a new generation of chefs.
2: Julia really is a cultural icon, a pop star whose reputation has lasted. I think that's partly because of the Saturday Night Live impersonation that Dan Aykroyd did that's just so funny and you see it replayed a number of times where Julia Child cuts herself and the next thing you know is bleeding all over the raw chicken and then eventually falls in a heap on top of it. You know, it's a wonderful impersonation. Julia loved it. I think she loved it because it was making fun of her and she had a sense of humor, but also because it really signified that she had arrived in public consciousness. Everybody knew who Julia was. That has lasted I think also making this film in talking to younger chefs, we were kind of blown away by how much they revere Julia to this day. I mean, I you know, people aren't necessarily cooking regularly the same kind of elaborate French food that Julia cooked. But the chefs of today, whether or not it's a Jose Andres or Ina Garten or Marcus Samuelson, a number of chefs we spoke to, understand how Julia just opened the door for cooking to be recognized for the important aspect of life that it really is. You know, there weren't celebrity chefs before Julia. Julia was the first. But it's not just about celebrity. It's about an attitude toward creating food and meals for the people that you love and you know chefs today still refer back to julia
1: yeah we were taken i think a little bit by surprise by that like we were excited to interview some of these kind of cool chefs of today like jose andres and marcus samuelson i think i went into that expecting that they might think oh julia's a little passe a little retro like a little uncool but like The extent to which they see their work as just very directly stemming from Julia and they think of her as being like, you know, the OG TV food superstar is it was pretty uniform and pretty touching. I thought
2: there's no question that Julia Child's success paved the way for other chefs on television for the food network for the proliferation of just all kinds of various kinds of food competition some of which I'm not sure Julia would necessarily approve of but you know there really wasn't a universe of food shows when Julia Child was cooking she was kind of kind of the only one who was such a hit and now of course you can't turn the channel without seeing food
0: Betsy West and Julie Cohen also directed the documentary RBG, the story of trailblazer Ruth Bader Ginsburg.
2: RBG and Julia Child had some things in common and some differences. RBG was not a good cook and, in fact, was kind of proud of the fact that she wasn't a good cook and that it was her husband who did all of the cooking. And yet the two of them really did share an ability to just move past discouragement, move past failure and just keep going. So, you know, whether or not it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, not being able to get a job despite being at the top of the class at the highest law school in the country and yet being discriminated against as a woman or Julia working for, 12 years to create this masterpiece of cooking and then having a publisher say, "Eh, I'm sorry, you know, this thing is just too complicated for women or others to read it. We're terribly sorry. And in both cases, these women just found a way around. You know, Julia kept pushing, went to another publisher and then eventually found success. And we all know that uh, RBG went on to become the legal architect of the women's movement, fighting against discrimination that she had suffered and discrimination that all American women were suffering. So in both cases, these women took the discouragement and the bad things that had happened to them these challenges, and then they turned around and did something that helped themselves and helped all other American women. So I think they have that in common.
0: Special thanks to directors Betsy West and Julie Cohen for speaking with us. And for more information, check out sonyclassics.com. Thanks for listening.